0: Something we've never really talked a lot about is reputation management.
1: We have not talked a lot about that.
0: I, also, I can't even I can't even remember really having like a dedicated episode to rep to rep man.
1: I think the only time it's come up is in our our conversations about ethics in digital marketing. Because you'll have the occasional opportunity to do reputation management for someone or a company oh, yeah. who deserves the reputation that they have and so then it's that dilemma of oh yeah should I like we be that. doing this or not i guess it's one angle that we we've, we've touched on but we've never had a dedicated conversation to like the strategy of reputation well let me management. ask you this
0: let me ask you this as a service do you guys provide i mean besides the seo portion which i know you guys work work on like cleaning up serps and helping companies uh put their best foot forward from a search engine standpoint but what about from a reviews standpoint is that a service that you guys provide
2: yeah but we just work with um partners like podium to, and to do a lot so of that do companies
0: come to you and say hey i need help with my reviews can you help me or is that something that you guys proactively uh recognize in your audits and you're like what you guys
2: need to work on your on your online reviews so we have this thing called a CXR which is a customer experience review and um, part of it so basically the point of the customer experience review is to go through as though we are the customer so we look at all the competitors we sign up for email newsletters we, we go through your entire checkout process and we're looking for like weird hitches and things that like don't make sense or or places where people might get stuck. We're also looking at based on the landscape, how does that client sit? Like, are they way off in left field where everyone else is over here? But part of that research is we will go into reviews. And so we'll look at like what are the bad reviews, what are the positive reviews, and then we'll kind of aggregate the information from that. And we'll use that information to write better landing pages. So uh in that process, uh we will say, like, hey, you guys have just a ton of bad reviews, we gotta we gotta fix this. Um so anyway, long answer is yes, we will yeah. recommend that. But it's not something that we immediately go straight to in terms of like a solution. Just kind of sense. when we see it as a need. I guess what
0: I'm digging for is an angle here and I'm not, I'm not sure I'm finding an angle that is interesting enough to spend 20 minutes talking about. Um, but like you utilizing different platforms like Google, my business uh, to get your, your reviews up. And I don't know, I think there's something, I think there's something there as more of kind of wor- of a workshop episode, because there's a lot of stuff in my mind that I could talk through, but I don't know if this is, the right time or place
1: well and I also think that I think one of the misconceptions with reputation management is that a it's only for companies who have a bad reputation not necessarily taking I think what most people should be doing is looking at it as a proactive marketing activity what can we do to you know keep building our reputation and whatnot Um, and with reviews like a company may come and say I've got bad reviews I got to get rid of them That's just not reality what you're really doing is we need you we what we need to do as a company is we need to basically overflow the bad with the good Reviews and it comes down to a lot of times like product like and and I guess that's maybe that's worthy of a discussion of If you're a company, your reputation is suffering online at what point is it not salvageable by marketing efforts and it, it ultimately is a product at one do you
0: do you rebrand
1: yeah rebrand or like you have to take a, a step back and look at your actual product or service and say okay no marketing can get us around the fact that like this sucks and people know it like I don't know that's and that's a tough part as a marketer to take that on you have to look at that product and service and say okay at its core is you know what they're doing is it good uh, is this is this an actual good product type thing? Because if you take on a client or a company or go work for a company and, and you're in charge of reputation management and you yourself don't look at the product as anything that's worthwhile or valuable, you're going to have a miserable job or a miserable client, depending on um, what circumstance you're in there. And I don't think any amount of money is worth uh, that kind of stuff. And I think there's a lot of companies like that where it's just, yeah. I mean, MLMs is a great example to where it, a lot of what they do is very subjective. Right. And so like, even if with great marketing, you're going to have people who have had a lot of success, both as, as a consumer and as a reseller or whatever the, the phrase is of someone who's selling and building a downline. And then there's going to be people who have had zero success with the product as a consumer. They've had zero success building downlines as a, from a business angle. And so it's like this steady flow of you're always going to have angry people, but I think it's subjective enough that you could find um, some sort of angle of, of, of good from it, right? You could even argue that uh, marketing for a religious or a political organization is the same to where it comes down to subjective opinions of, well, you're always going to have people that don't like it. You're always going to have people that like it. Um, but I don't know. That's, I guess it's not really a specific question or topic starter, but it is just more of a, no, I, I actually I, I think it is a
0: topic starter actually. Uh, and you know, I was on a call with a, with a company, um, where they were talking about how the, the average star rating like barrier or threshold changes depending on industry, because, uh, I mean, if you can imagine, not every industry has four or five star companies across the board. So solar is an example of that, right? Like the, the example that was used on the phone call that I was on was um, pediatric dentists have a different threshold than solar uh, solar uh, companies, right? Because parents are way more, they scrutinize pediatric pediatric dentists more than anything else because they want their kids to to go one have a good experience and two get the best care. Uh, they care more about that. So they scrutinize they scrutinize that. So their their threshold is higher. You have to have a higher star rating in order for parents to feel comfortable taking their kids to your business. Whereas solar, the star rating the average star rating that's required is lower, the threshold is lower because all solar companies to some extent or another, struggle with their online reputation because of whatever it is, their sales tactics, their product, their whatever. And no one is at a, no company really across the board in the solar industry is like above and beyond that, that average star rating, which is pretty low in solar, which is, uh, I don't know, it surprised me. Maybe it's not that surprising. Um, uh, Anyway, so that's interesting when you talk about industry specific uh, use cases and where that where that threshold is, part of your part of your statement was basically as companies are doing their own assessment, what should, what should they be aiming for? I mean, obviously we should all be aiming for the top, but realistically, that that should be a part of their their strategy is uh, aiming for that top threshold. And there are studies out there that that uh, um, that kind of outline that. So Bright Local, for example. Have they have some really cool insights with reviews. Um and and, you know, you have your your humdrum key findings that people always share about the num, you know, 97% of consumers use uh online reviews when looking at a local business or something like that. But they go a little bit deeper into looking at um like rankings, right? You have the map pack, and it's like if you rank number one, number two, or number three, here are the average ratings that each company has, they're almost trying to break down what the, what the ranking factors are for the map pack, which is really interesting. Um, and while I was at connect, I know I'm just kind of dumping stuff on you. While I was at connect, which connect is a software company in PG. That is, I mean, they're, they're a podium competitor. So they use text messaging to solicit reviews. And that's kind of their business model, uh, in their own data with their own customers they found that there are a couple of milestones, right? So this is used in their sales materials, is if you have under 50 star ratings on your account, uh, it's gonna be hard for you to stand out. I mean, if, if just below 50, once you hit 50, that's like the first main milestone, and that's not even including what the rating is, that's that's just the number of reviews. And the next milestone is 150. If you're If you're past 150, that's where the real magic happens as far as number of reviews, um, anyway, uh, again, <laughs> I know, I know, we're kind of like now,
2: now we're committed. I feel we're committed to this topic. I have a question for reviews. Yes. Hold on, I want to know how often, in your experience, I guess, in your limited experience in solar so far, do you see mudslinging, basically low reviews from other companies? Because that's one difference I see in solar compared to pediatric dentistry is it seems like it's way more potentially cutthroat. And I could see other companies kind of stuffing their competitors with bad reviews.
0: Meaning like the competitors are coming to our review sites and leaving negative reviews?
2: Yeah, fake, um, fake negative
0: reviews. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And I, I to be honest, I haven't really looked for that. I don't even know how you would how you would know that the the competition is leaving the negative reviews without like
2: searching and you their just profile. can spot check and see like yeah, look at who left the review and then check your customer database to see if you ever actually did business yeah. with that person. Uh,
0: I haven't done that. We get um, I want to say so. I actually was just looking at some uh, Vivint Solar data about reviews, and uh, in in from March fifteenth to May thirty first of this year, we got uh, 200, 247 reviews. But the previous year during the same time period, we got 430 reviews or something like that. And, and the data I was looking at was actually comparing podium cause we're, we're a podium competitor, but our solicitation, we moved to Salesforce marketing cloud. And I was comparing what podium provided versus marketing cloud and podiums way better. So we're switching back, but, with the number of reviews we're getting, we're getting on average a few a day, right? Every day, more and more are coming in. Um, so doing a spot, a spot check like that, I just need to grab like a sample size or whatever and just go dig in, but I have, I have not done that. You're right that it is more cutthroat. And I think, I mean, it's way more of a commitment, right? People have way higher expectations in solar because they're, in a lot of cases, they're committing to 20 or 30 years of paying for this service and if they're locked into uh, uh, an account like that, uh, they can't get out really, right? Yeah. Whereas a pediatric dentist, you have a negative experience. You're like, okay, I'm just going to, next time I'm going to go to this guy over here, or this girl over here. And so, um, yeah, you're right. There are there are differences. And my point with that was just every industry has their own threshold and solar's threshold, it was actually BestCompany.com. Have you guys ever worked with best company? Yeah. So they're the ones who shared that data with me basically saying, Hey, we do an analysis uh, and this is analysis anyone should do. Uh, If you want to know what the average star rating your industry should have before people are willing to do business with you, right? It's not, it's not always four stars. I think on average across all industries, it's it's right around that four star range, 3.8, something like that. But in solar, it's in, it's in the high twos, like 2.8. If you have an average of 2.8 stars, People are willing to do business with you, and that's because all Mm. solar industries are just terrible at maintaining
2: the reputation. You feel like that's an indictment of the solar industry in general. I do. Whether one should buy solar? Uh,
0: Not necessarily buy solar. I'm I'm actually getting more and more sold on solar. Solar's a, in fact, uh, um, it's it's like most businesses. When I was at Smart Home, there were times when I was really discouraged by the low star rate like i would just read the negatives and i'd be like holy cow this is like a terrible company but they have 1.5 million customers and when we got better at soliciting reviews from the happy customers it made me realize that like 80 to 90 percent of customers are really satisfied they're just not the ones leaving reviews so um so which is another interesting point with the ratio right online reputation typically attracts negativity and that's what you're combating, is, is the people who are unhappy. Now, you should make them happy, right? And they're, they're, Brandon mentioned flooding the market with positive reviews to kind of drown out the, the negative, but uh, he also talked about probably a more important part, and that is uh, actually changing your processes and, and, and customer service or whatever it takes to make people happy.
1: Do you guys leave reviews? Like, are you, are you nah. reviewers? on stuff, like have you ever left an Amazon review on a product you've bought?
0: I don't think I've ever left an Amazon review.
1: What about like a restaurant review on like Google or Yelp?
0: I think the last time I left a review was for my dentist four years ago. And it wasn't my dentist that I left a review for, it was the hygienist, whatever they call him now. Uh
1: yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. That's uh, I think that's the problem with reviews. It's my biggest beef is reviews generally attract. And I think it's, I think the, the higher the, the barrier of entry, the, the more negative you're going to get. Cause like if you buy an Amazon product and you, and you enjoy it and it serves its purpose, it's great. You're just going to keep using the product. You're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I got to go take 10 minutes and find that link and then go back to the page and leave a review. Unless you're really, really unhappy with it. And you've got to let people know That like, I mean, I just bought a product um, to convert VHS tapes and I tried to go a cheaper route, bought a $30 product and it was complete garbage. And I was so frustrated because it was not anywhere remotely close to how it was advertised. And even with that anger, I I did think I've got to get on there. I've got to leave a review and I've got to let other people know to not do this, buy the $80 solution. It's much, much better. But even that, I couldn't get the actual effort to like take the time to go on to amazon and leave the review and so i feel like the people who leave reviews are often just ginormous fans where they're just crazy and and they've still got to take the time to support it or they're just super super pissed off and i think I, i think with restaurants it's it's similar i think the barrier to entry to restaurants is lower just because a lot of people like everyone thinks that their food opinion really matters and they, it, it, it's also easy especially like on my phone every time I leave a restaurant I get a pop-up from Google saying hey how was it you know one to five stars uh, is this oh do you want to leave a quick comment like they kind of just like they, they pull you right into leaving a review and that just makes the barrier to entry very very low so I could be like, oh yeah that was really good noodles four stars yeah yeah sure here's it do you have, do you have a photo of it no I don't have a photo okay can we post this to their listing sure um, if you don't have that, you're going to have just this, this polarization. It's like when I, when I read reviews as a consumer, I try to ignore the one stars and the five stars. And I really try to look at the, the three star, four star kind of thing. Um, however, I'm curious on your opinions on incentivizing customers to leave reviews. And I'm not saying incentivize and incent, in, uh, Here's what I'm Here's what I'm getting at. I'm under the impression, under, under the understanding, that incentivizing your customers to leave a review, or at least a positive review, is against the rules of every major review platform. Yet, so many businesses I interact with are always incentivizing me, whether digitally and more commonly in person, to leave a review and I will get something in return. A free product, a discount for next time, they'll waive a fee, uh they'll send swag like and it's like so open sometimes and i think wait you're not you're not allowed to do this yet yeah, they do and they're successful with it so i'm not sure what your guys's opinion is like are people just kind of rolling the dice and they don't care or is there am i being in my head too strict on the guidelines of like First of all, what, i'm
0: blown away that, that's, that, that that surprises you
1: what do you mean? It surprises me. I'm surprised that people are so open about it. Like I get Why? that if you're, at, if you're at a car dealership and you're in a one-on-one conversation with someone, and you're like, Hey, while I'm filling out this paperwork, if you just want to leave a review, we'll go ahead and waive the lot fee for you. That'll save you 200 bucks. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Let me, I'm quick fill that out. All right, cool. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and waive that fee for you. Google's never going to know about that, but I'll, I'll get emails from companies and I'll see stuff, uh, sent to me digitally where it's like, Hey, did you love it? Like leave a review and as a thank you, we're going to do, so is there some loophole I'm not aware of because people are so openly doing it where they can oh, easily get posted by Google?
2: Yeah. Okay, so I've had like four comments within your giant uh,
0: <laughs>
2: diatribe. So I'm gonna stop you and say it, I'm pre, it's against the law actually to do that. Um, whether or not it's against the platforms, I think matters even less. The FTC guideline says they actually have a write-up. And the question is, it's about having disclosing that someone was compensated um, for talking about your company or your product. And the question is, it's like they have an FAQ. It says, what if I get uh, from the company, what if all I get from the company is a $1 off coupon or an entry in a sweepstakes or a contest or a product that is only worth a few dollars? Does that still have to be disclosed? It says, the question you need to ask is whether knowing about that gift or incentive would affect the weight or credibility your readers give to your recommendation. If it could, then it should be disclosed. Uh, also, even if getting one free item that's not very valuable, doesn't affect your credibility. Continually getting free stuff from an advertiser, or multiple advertisers could suggest you expect future benefits from positive reviews. Um, so they're talking about reviews from bloggers or- Yeah, that's like influencers. But I don't think it- Legally matters, like
1: because it is—it's the same. Everyone's thing, whether an influencer. It's a, yeah. yeah.
2: If your platform is Instagram or your platform is Google reviews, it doesn't really matter. In my like, I think legally you're open to something from the FTC if you're doing that. Whether or not they chase you, I think the chances of them going after you are very, very slim. To the point where I might actually suggest you do something like that. Um, it is actually against the law though
1: so uh, fun fact kind of a fact not really fun either but when I was at Dev Mountain and we were doing testimonials uh, we would approach students and, who had a great experience and got a job and say hey we would love for you to like share your experience and we'll and we'll record it and everything our legal team said that by law if we're gonna be doing video testimonials, we have to have a disclaimer on the video that states or or somewhere very close to the video that makes it very clear that these people are being compensated with like, it's like, I forget the exact word, you have to look it up on their site. But basically, even though we weren't paying them anything and they were taking like time out of their own schedule to do it, because their face is out there, they could leverage that for like public attention and they get quote unquote fame, so to speak. And so by, basically it's just like, they're compensated with attention. And if we did not do that, they could have a lawsuit on their hands because that's what they were compensated with was basically you have, you have, you have the opportunity to be on a video that's gonna be seen by potentially millions of people. And so you are therefore were therefore required to state. So it made it look like they were like paid but in reality, it's like, no, 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 they were just, they were truly happy customers. Uh, but yeah,
0: we learned a long time ago that the legal team at Dev Mountain is
2: dumb.
1: Well, that's <clears throat> subjective. I'll say that. agree? Uh, it does
2: do say further agree? on, yeah, on that you, if just talking about regular online reviews and whether or not you have to disclose if you offer a free product and it says, yes, you do. Just to be clear, it's not just talking about bloggers.
1: Offering a free product, that makes sense.
2: Offering um, anything in exchange for reviews against their guidelines unless you disclose that you've done that.
1: See, that's a, I was just thinking about this this morning because I was looking at my inbox uh, and I've like I've been flooded this last couple of weeks with, uh, for some reason, microphone companies and they want to send me products for free and they say, do a review. doesn't have to be positive. We just want to send it to you as a gift and you are welcome to do a review on it. And we've done that at Dev Mountain, not Dev Mountain. Um, no, we did it with Kistix. I remember when they were a client and I floor, where we just mailed out uh, these you know, products out to several influencers and just said, hey, it's just a little gift from us. You know, you're welcome to review it. You can just use it, whatever. But we kind of planted the idea that like, you're welcome to do that. And is that a loophole? Because a lot of people do that where it's just like, we're not paying you to do a review on it, we're just sending you this to try it out. And you're welcome to do a review. We would love for you to do a review, but you don't have to. There's no, there's no agreement. You still so, get this as a yeah, gift. I, I feel like again, that's a, a loophole that's still
2: against the guidelines. I, 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 think. I think. I. Th- who cares? Like, yeah. I, again, I think the chances of you getting caught are so slim. It's just whether or not you want to. I don't. I don't even think it's a matter of getting caught. Like I, I bet. I bet there are people
0: who who know this is happening and they just don't care. Like. As a consumer, no, no. I mean, I, I don't even know. Does the government agency, the FTC, have agents out there, clickety clacking on their keyboard, searching for people who are who are who are breaking this this law? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think there's any enforcement whatsoever. I've never heard of anyone ever uh, no, there was uh, that getting big case. Who was
2: it? It was like one of the Jenners or something that got busted, and they actually did get busted for it. And that's what, or, dang it, who was it? Do you remember,
0: Brandon? Yeah, I am no, trying to think.
2: It's sounding familiar. Someone got buzzed for it. Yeah. You're right. The question is, it's the law. So whether you get caught or whether anyone cares, do you care about that? And
0: I'm okay, not well, saying well, you I, should.
2: You're less likely
0: to get caught than you are speeding, which is also against the law, but most people sure. don't give a crap about.
1: Sure. Yeah. So in that, that case is, then, is Vivint Solar going to start incentivizing Customers we don't need to you don't need to in most cases you don't need to incentivize
0: like so we, we use what's called in the industry a pure survey right which is just we send our, the, the solicitation request to everybody We don't we don't we don't select the people who we think had a good experience and exclude the people who have had a bad experience. We send it to everyone and, and it's triggered as soon as they're installed it triggers a text message it goes to their phone regardless of their experience and you know what? We know that in most cases people have positive experiences and if we solicit from everybody as a peer survey, our, our ratings will go up. And from a Google standpoint, Vivint Solar has a very, very good uh, average star rating. Uh, it starts to get pulled down when you look at things like Yelp, which I, uh, I freaking hate Yelp. Yelp is like the worst platform ever, period. Uh, but then there are solar specific platforms, solarreviews.com and you know a bunch of other ones. Best Company has a solar all this stuff. So, um, no, we don't need to incentivize. There's absolutely no need. And and I I would argue that if you have a business that that gets enough customers, right, that you don't need to incentivize. Uh, And it's most of those companies, ice cream shops, waxing salons, uh, uh, massage therapists, they probably get enough people that if they just asked with no incentive, they'd get enough reviews
2: uh, positive reviews that would, it it would be totally fine for their business. Yeah. Uh, going back to Brandon's comment a while ago about, uh, reviews attracting the nut bars. The nut bars. Did he use that word? I, I use that word. I think it's funny to pick random like local fast food joints and read the reviews. Um, like there's this Taco Bell near my house and it has like 600 reviews. It's like who in their right mind takes the time to review a Taco Bell? Um, Like this dude, I come in all the time for the food. They know my order when it pops up because I add Pico to everything. Boom, that's it. It's like what what possessed you to take the time to leave that? Like just that mindset is so crazy to me.
0: The other crazy thing to me is that uh, there are some companies like Taco Bell and Wendy's. It does not matter how low they're
2: reviews are, yeah. people are always gonna go there. Yeah, I mean, who is, yeah. So there's that, and then who in their right mind is also thinking like, hmm, I'd like to go to Taco Bell, but let me check those reviews first. Mm-hmm. Who's, like, no one's checking the reviews for Taco no Bell. Bell. Uh, I go through other phases companies because just don't care either. Google does yeah, a yeah,
0: good job
1: late. at gamifying a little bit, uh, just the whole like, oh, you're, an, you're a local expert, and it, now you're at level two, now you're at level three start doing this and they make it. So like I have reviewed the Disneyland parking lot. I have a review on there saying what a fantastic lot it is. Um, I don't know. I was just, and I did it because it was just like, Oh, I'm bored because the way they get, I don't know if you've ever like gone through the system where like you leave a review and they just keep asking you single questions. Oh, we well, also noticed you went here. What about this? Eh, sure. I'm on the toilet. I got two more minutes. Oh sure. And before you know it, you just left five full reviews and you're just like, wow, what did I just do with my time there? Uh, maybe i 'm the only one, but uh, I'm I feel more like reacting
2: to the image of you on the toilet and saying, "I got two more I got two more minutes <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: i don't know if that was my <laughs> my exact thought, possibly poor wording there, but anyway i I think Google has done a fantastic job uh but yeah, I mean, I guess perhaps it's a discussion for another day, and maybe we should have started here, but talking about successful ways to getting getting your customers to your happy customers to leave reviews and i know that's what companies like connect and podium are trying to do i feel like those are best for service-based industries like a plumber came to your house 30 minutes later while you're still thinking about it and you're happy that whatever is fixed you review them it's much much more difficult in especially enterprise level or b2b companies like Ninety Seventh floor or a software company where it's just like eh don't really care, it's, it's, I don't know. That, that's, I think that's a tougher thing to do and figure yeah. out how to, because maybe you're not incentivizing them with money or whatnot and say, hey, go leave a review, but just persuading them, whatever you want to call it, to just click the link and take five minutes of their precious time to just leave a review. That, that's a big to, ask for a lot of people.
0: I actually, I was hoping we could go that direction a little bit in this episode, uh, because there are a lot of things that you can do that um, are very, very simple.
1: Well, perhaps that's part two, which we'll talk about on Thursday, because this guy's got to wrap it up.
0: This guy meaning you?
1: Yeah, not Paxton. I don't speak for him. This is great. Anyway, folks, that's today's episode. Thanks
2: for watching. Wow, that was really cooking and then just uh, really fizzled out there at the end. Well, it took a little while to get started but
1: uh, I'm already fine. I'm, I'm over. interested
2: in, in uh, talking more about uh, things your company can do to improve uh, readings. Dude, if
0: you got time, Brandon can just bounce and we can keep going. No, actually, I need to go
1: too. <laughs> oh, who's fizzling us out now? <laughs> I say we make this Thursday's episode. We come with our best ideas.
0: The other thing I'm going to do for Thursday is I'm going to bring, and you guys do the same, go search for uh, really funny reviews that we can
2: can throw in. Mm. Uh, Any chance we can alter our time? uh, Yeah, there's a pretty good chance.
0: Better chance of that than you getting busted by the FTC. (laughs)
2: 3.30 on Thursday?
0: Whoa. Yeah, I can do that.
2: Brando? Uh, where is today? Today is
1: 3:30. Yes, I am good.
2: Awesome.
1: I'll move it. All right, guys. 3:30. You guys then. Adios. Ciao.